for tuning in. I'm Zach, and this is Podcast Junkie, a weekly bite-sized show that gives you a look into a new podcast each week. If you're looking to help further Podcast Junkie and support any podcast, don't forget to check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podcast junkie, or our Discord community. The link to that is available at castjunkie.com, where you can find a full line of support indie podcast merch. Profits from our Patreon and merch sold all go back to support other people's indie podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to Podcast Junkie so you can get the next episode as soon as it drops. And rate and review us over on Podchaser or wherever you're listening to help us get our name out there. With that, let's get into this week's review. This week, we're heading to paradise for some and hell for others. Brought to us by the BBC, Paradise is a story of a British couple found dead just off the coast of Belize. How did a young doctor and his lawyer girlfriend end up tied to motor parts? This is the story of Chris Farmer and Peter Frampton, and how their goal to see the world came to an early end when they boarded a boat set for paradise with Silas Dwayne Boston and his two young boys. So, let's take a quick listen to episode one of this 11-part series. I'm Stephen Nolan, a presenter for BBC Radio 5 Live and BBC Northern Ireland, where I've built a team renowned for groundbreaking investigations and holding power to account. And I'm Dan Maudsley, a journalist at Five Live, which, as the name suggests, is the BBC's national live news and sports station and happens to be based in Greater Manchester, where Chris and Peter grew up and where four decades ago police first identified Californian Silas Dwayne Boston as their suspect. Dan's been working this story ever since Boston's arrest on the 1st of December 2016, piecing together every part of the case, learning more about Chris and Peter's deaths than even the FBI managed to find. Which isn't what I expected, because when I first heard about these murders back when Boston was arrested, it seemed like an open and shut case. Court papers say Farmer and Frampton were hogtied, thrown in the middle of the ocean to drown. They last told family they were in Belize, heading for Costa Rica on board the boat Boston, sailed with his two young sons. At the time of the murders, the boys were aged 12 and 13. But in interviews this year, they told FBI agents they saw their father kill the couple. So these are the court papers referred to in that news report and it's uh, 28 pages that were filed on the 1st of December 2016 in the uh, in the court in Sacramento the day that Boston's arrested and it says at the top here United States of America versus Silas Dwayne Boston defendant and it gives the the dates that these murders are thought to have happened between the 29th of June 1978 and the 6th of July 1978 a, a week or so window and right on the second page it's setting out how the prosecution believes these murders happened it says Boston committed the murders by drowning Farmer and Frampton in the Caribbean Sea off Guatemala Boston bound his victims and caused them to go off the Justin B, a boat that Boston, a United States citizen, owned. Now, exactly how the prosecution believes that happened is set out over the next 26 or so pages, and the details come from Boston's own sons. 
This is Vince and Russell, who were aged just 13 and 12 at the time, and they are saying all of this happened in front of them. What they're saying is that their father struck Farmer, that's Chris, repeatedly in the head with a wooden billy club. He threatened to shoot Peter with a spear gun. He tied them up with ropes and tied machine parts to those ropes before rolling them over the side into the sea where those weights would have just dragged them down. They would have drowned in the most horrific kind of way. There's also the report from the people who recovered the bodies, which is uh, some volunteer firefighters in Guatemala called Bomberos, who describe the bodies being decomposed with their hands bound behind the backs and legs and ankles also bound and tied to engine parts, exactly how Vince and Russell describe them being killed. Now, that report of when the bodies are found is from the 8th of July, and that is absolutely key because there is a letter that the Frampton family receive from Peter, which is postmarked in Livingston in Guatemala on the 18th of July, which is 10 days after her body has been found. So obviously she has not posted that letter, and the assumption is that it's been posted by someone trying to throw investigators off the scent. And even more damningly for Boston is that we have the the port records showing that he came into Livingston on the 6th of July, two days before the bodies were discovered. So we have Boston in Livingston at the time this letter is posted, and we know Peter herself didn't post the letter. It starts to look very much like it was Boston posting that letter, trying to cover his tracks. So why did it take 38 years to arrest Boston? 38 years that Chris and Peter's families had to wait for answers. Answers, it turned out, they would never receive. Less than five months after his arrest, while awaiting trial on two counts of maritime murder, Boston died, under guard in a hospital bed, still protesting his innocence. And that's where this story could have ended for us. No court case to report on, no one to interview, no conviction or acquittal. But... I couldn't let it go. The more I'd researched, the more I'd felt connected to this case. Chris and Peter grew up around the same streets my mum grew up. In fact, she and Peter went to the same girls' school, and at the same time. Turns out Chris and I attended the same boys' school in Manchester, albeit decades apart. Later, Chris's family had moved out to the town of Wilmslow, where I live now, and the Framptons had moved to Old Trafford, just streets from the Manchester United Stadium I can see from my office window. Day after day, I was driving to and from these two places that were deeply connected to the case. It all felt very close to home, literally. With that short clip, the story of Paradise begins. These two young adults had their entire lives ahead of them, and through the hands of a twisted individual, we start to see there may be more victims than just the two. Through the episodes, we hear from Silas Dwayne Boston's own son, and we start to question what is real and what his adolescent memory is just recalling. Sadly, Peter and Chris are dead, and that is confirmed through the series, and sadly, the boys recalled all too well the circumstances of their death. So there is no question that their father was the killer who escaped justice for far too many years. So if you like true crime stories like Finding Cleo, Death in Ice Valley, Someone Knows Something, and several others that I've already covered on Podcast Junkie, please go subscribe to Paradise. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy listening to Paradise.
or any other podcast we've previously covered, which can all be found wherever you're listening to Podcast Junkie. You can find us at Cast Junkie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so follow us, won't you? We'll be posting links to this show and all others we've already covered on them. Have a podcast suggestion? Send them to us at castjunkie.com, and I'll add it to our list. Until next week, don't forget to binge all the podcasts we've been highlighting. <laughs>